Hello and welcome to the Collecting Heroes podcast. I'm your host JD, the collector of collectors, and this is the podcast where I talk to pop culture collectors from around the world. And when I say pop today, I really mean it. Funko Pop, that is, because my next guest, his name is Paul. He is from England and he is a Funko Pop collector. Paul, thank you for being on the show. Hi, JD. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. And uh, thank you for doing that intro again with me because uh, for people listening at home, this is the magic of podcasting is that we actually get a bit of a do-over with recording sometimes. After having some technical difficulties, we're back for a second go after already doing a few minutes of the episode. But let's quickly uh, fast forward through where we were in the conversation. First off, I spoke about the fact that I've been following your page for a while. I know you have quite the impressive collection. I asked you about an estimate of uh, of the size of your collection. You said around a thousand or more Funko Pops. And I know that that's probably, I, I, that's just what you put into your database. Is that what you were saying as well? Uh- yeah, and and that and that's just Funko as well. So yeah, I think a total piece count within my collection, and possibly maybe fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred. Wow. Um, but Funko alone, it's probably just around about a thousand, maybe just over a thousand. It's definitely, definitely decent. And as I said uh, to you earlier as well, the reels watching you as you've been setting up your new man cave, fan cave, I usually call it on the show. I've seen them stacked up against the wall and they were about six foot high and, and as, as wide as the wall. It was, it was really impressive to see. Uh, but again, I'll just get you to, to recount the story the where we were in the middle of when we had to unfortunately start again. But you were telling me the story of your first Funko Pop, where that came from and, and where the collection started. So if you don't mind, uh, give, give me that story. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it, it. I think going back to kind of my early youth is that I've I've always been a, a massive geek. I, you know, my earliest memories of toys are, you know, always been things like um, Action Force and GI Joe and those kind of you know kind of army based action figures. Used to yeah. absolutely love them. And and even growing into my you know really early teens, whereby some of my friends were starting to get into the more kind of the the the, the mid to adult kind of themed kind of things. I still had this almost. Um, a hard time adjusting to the fact that, you know, I was no longer a child and I was starting to become a, a, a man. And and so, you know, it, that transition from letting my figures go um, and moving into adulthood was it was a challenging time for me. So then fast forward through back to uh, or to 2015, uh, 2014, Christmas of 2014. Um, and I got a Rick, Vi- uh, Rick Grimes um, pop vinyl for my brother for Christmas. I, again, I'm a massive horror fan. I love The Walking Dead. I didn't know anything about Funko at that time. He got me this this pop, and I all I just recognised it as was a small plastic figure that sat on my desk, and you know it brought me joy and happiness because it was a fandom that I enjoyed. Yeah, um, and that was that was it in regards to my Funko um, knowledge or collecting at that point. And then it was only about six months later when my wife went on a trip, I think, to London. She came back um, and she brought me back uh, an Iron Man Age of Ultron pop as a gift, and and at that point I then had two. And as most Funko Pop collectors know, there's a, a kind of a, a Pringles element that goes on with pops of once you pop, you can't stop. And <laughs> there was that kind of I was looking at them on my desk and I was thinking, these are quite cool. I wonder what else they do. And, you know, because, again, I'm a massive film fan. I'm a massive um, cartoon fan. So, you know, did a little bit of a Google, had a look around. I saw different fandoms that I thought, well, they look great. They look great. I'd like that. I'd like that. I'd like that. And then it just spiraled from there 
Um, I was spending all of my spare time buying pops and buying pops. And six to seven years later, here I am now. I'm on iteration three of my collecting cave. Um, and there's been a whole journey from that first Rick Grimes Funko Pop gift to where I am at now. Wow. It, it's it's funny that you actually mention about that sitting on your desk, um, you know, in your office, because uh, for me, one of the first Funko Pops I ever saw before I even owned one uh, was actually from, and I've actually got it on the shelf here. I'll, I'll show it to you and I'll describe it for people listening. So here is the Impopster um yep. joker the loot crate ex loot crate exclusive that's the one that's the one loot crate <laughs> exclusive and it was it was just happened to be someone who worked in the office that i was in at the time that actually had this on their desk and i was like blown away because i was already a big batman fan i saw it i was like yeah where did that come from they're like oh there's these boxes you can get and they were telling me all about loot crate and uh that was my first foray into seeing what a funko pop was and and i i didn't even know it was a funko pop i just knew it was this cool joker exactly that man yep. um I, I didn't even know about the brand and it wasn't till uh, a few years later than that that i even got my first funko pop and it again was one of my earliest ones was actually from another exclusive and that was the i think it's the dc collectors one uh, which is the Batman versus Superman in the armor? Um, oh yes, yeah. From a DC armored DC. Batman. He's one of yeah. I've I've got him. He's one of my favorites from the uh, yeah the DC collectors box. Yes, yep. yes, and, that, and he's also yep. one of my favorites as well. And yep, great. I, I remember, I, I was telling my girlfriend I really wanted that, and she got it for me for a Christmas present as well. So very lucky. Very similar, very similar um, trajectory there. But you also have quite the impressive batman collection quite a number of funko pops a lot of grails that i would love to have in my collection that i've seen within there as well when you've been collecting have you been buying everything as they come out or are you someone who also seeks out and hunts um some of those grail items for yourself as well uh, it's it's a really it's, it's a really good question and i think what in my experience because i've been collecting for you know don't get me wrong i'm not the longest collector out there there's a lot of collectors who've been collecting back from day one um, mm -hmm. and that, that is very much not me but i've seen a lot in the time that i've i've been collecting i've been admins on funko groups um I, obviously i've had my page so you know I've, I've been exposed a lot to a lot of collectors um and i and i find that there there is not for all collectors but for a, a big percentage of collectors that there is sometimes a kind of a set um kind of path that they follow the, the there's almost when you start collecting for a lot of people there's almost this need the pokemon i've got to get them all got to get them all mm -hmm. there's, there's kind of a need to, to to have them all and then eventually at a certain point kind of the reality kicks in of well hang on this is not really a sustainable thing because yeah. some of the you know if you're maybe a star wars collector or a marvel collector the range the harry harry potter collector the ranges are massive with yeah. 10 yeah. 20 variants of each character mm -hmm. so i think what you see is with a lot of with a lot of collectors myself included i started off very much with that scattergun approach of i don't care what it is if it's a funko pop i've got to have it if it's any kind of fandom that i remotely enjoy i'm going to have it um, and then you reach that point whereby you've grown that quickly that big and then you look at your bank balance and you think wow i'm spending <laughs> a lot of money on all these things that i don't necessarily love i like and I enjoy, but I don't love. And I think for me, there was probably a point, probably halfway through my collecting kind of life, 
yeah. um, whereby you, I kind of I, I hit a wall and it was an assessment. And, and at that point, I think I sold off about 400 pops. Mm. I did this massive soul searching on, you know, I need to know what I love and what I love will stay in my collection. Everything that I don't love, then we'll, we'll go to someone who does love it. And and now, from my point of view, everything that I buy now is very specifically chosen because it's something that I either enjoy the the, the the aesthetic aspect of it or it's a character that I know or there's a nostalgia factor. So because, again, for most collectors, and they will tell you this, space is space and finances are the biggest two enemies of any collector. Definitely. Um, it's something so, I've said plenty of times on this podcast, you know, that space is the enemy. Um, exactly. And, and, and sometimes... You know, space can be an enemy as much as your finance, or even if not more. I mean, you might exactly. have you might have the the budget to go out and buy twenty more pop vinyls, but if you've got nowhere to put them, it, it's kind of irrelevant. Well, well, exactly, and 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 you know, and if you're a you know kind of a just a, a collector who has no intention of going as big as myself or other collectors and you know your collect because this is one thing i say to people because some people say you know say to me on on on, through my social media you know oh i'd I'd love to have a collection like yours one day and this that and the other and and you know and i always try and bounce it back to them and say well it's not about the size this is probably going to sound super cheesy and corny but it's not about the size of the collection that you have it is simply about the fact that you love what you collect you can have one single you exactly you can have one single shelf with 10 pops on it and if you love those pops then you have a fantastic collection it doesn't matter whether someone's got a thousand pops or one pop if as long as you love what you collect then you are a a collector and you you know you're doing it right because people kind of think that you know they have to have certain stickered pops or they have to have certain rarity level pops to be deemed to be true collectors and i i think that's that's a load of rubbish from my point of view if you love what you collect then you are a true collector. Yeah, no, true, one hundred percent. I couldn't say it any better. Definitely one of those things that I have also reiterated to people um, in comments online and everything. I've had people comment on my collection and say, you know, that's so amazing. Same thing. I wish I, I could have a collection like that. I'm like, it all just starts with one item, you know, and that that's any collection it starts with one item, and then it just goes from there. And exactly, it's one of those things that I would probably advise most people to try and keep your collection somewhat centered on a certain thing that you really love because like you Absolutely. mentioned when you were buying everything and everything um at some point it, it just became maybe too overwhelming or maybe you just was like i don't need all of this because even though i like that tv show or that character i don't love them i just bought it because it was just i was just in the habit of buying things it's almost and and I as as a former uh, smoker, I definitely don't recommend that to anyone. There's a habit. It's about kicking a habit, right? Um, yep. And with with buying and collecting, it can become a habit as well. So yeah, it it, it can. And, and I think you know if you if you look back at some of my earliest posts when I was in my still in my first cave, um, you know I had a whole section for Star Wars. I'd had a section for Harry Potter. I had games, music, rocks, animation. I I was dipping my toe into pretty much every Funko um, genre. Mm-hmm. And, and it just was not sustainable it just wasn't sustainable financially it would have become a, a big problem you know that then there's the the mental health element of it because as you say it is a habit it's an addiction you find that you know you can get sucked into that whole you know you spend your day preoccupied with 
well, what's my latest pre-order? I've got 15 pre-orders with this company and 10 pre-orders with that company. Mm. And, you know, and the, 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 the newest Comic-Con pops are coming out and I've got to be up at five o'clock to get them. <laughs> and if I miss them, then I feel emotionally, you know, that, that I've been battered. And and, and, and it, it, it's, it's so easy for me to say, but it's so hard for, for, for potentially for people to do. But the, mm -hmm. the, the best piece of advice that I could give is it's, is it's that stepping away, it's that disconnection of you need to love what you collect, but mm -hmm. it, you can't love it to the degree that it impacts on your physical or mental health. It's, you know, the, the, my mentality with, with everything that I collect is that these are bits of plastic, they're bits of plastic and they are primarily designed to bring me pockets of joy. That is the way I view these. If my house burned down tomorrow, I would make sure my family and my my you know, my dogs are all safe. Yeah. These are all things that can be replaced. Yeah. These are all things. And if they can't be replaced, then they can't be replaced because one's rare. So what? It's a bit of plastic. Does it mean I love it any less? Well, no, absolutely not. It's part of something that I'm passionate about. And I've taken time and energy and finance to to to, to grow it. But ultimately, it is just a bit of plastic. And and that's, you know, and, and sometimes when I say that to people, there can be a, a kind of a, a differing response because it can be kind of like sacrilege. How oh, dare you sacrilege Funko's name? It's it's more than just plastic. Well, it's well, it's not. It's not. It's not. And it doesn't mean I don't love it. it I, it's just about for me. My advice is just get the perspective right on kind of getting that that life balance right when it comes to collecting because as you say it is a habit and it can be a massive habit and i see people all the time in funko groups talking about i was devastated and this that and i'm like devastated there's such strong words to use you know you're devastated because mm. you missed out on a pop okay well yeah i might have been disappointed but yeah. am i devastated you know, uh, yeah. So for me, uh, yeah, the key thing for me is that that getting that perspective and getting that balance right between enjoying and being super passionate about what you do, but not letting it overrule and and override your emotions. Well, quick follow up question to what you just said. So, uh, and I definitely don't wish this upon you, but uh, worst case scenario, <laughs> the house is burning down. You've gotten the wife and the kid out. You've gotten the dog out. And you have time to rush in and get one pop vinyl. Which one would you pick up? Ooh, that is a very, very tough question because, uh, again, uh, because I collect a lot, because everything I collect in theory I love, it, it's it's not as easy to just say, well, I'm just going to run to that shelf. You mm -hmm. know, logic says that you run to probably the rarest piece and the, the piece that will probably would be the hardest to replace, whether it be financially. So if I, because again, you know, I, I have, I've done posts um, on my Instagram um, where I, um, I have a little section whereby I've um, bought pops that remind me of my family. So for example, oh. I've got two dogs um, and the dogs are little schnauzers and I've got a sprocket from Fraggle Rock and a Peabody. And they basically, they're, they're perfect to me. They're perfect pop representations of my dogs. Oh, I've cool. got a little Oscar from Smith's Toys. And he, he again, he's a perfect representation of my son. Um, and I've got a pop, which is, again, I've been waiting to find a pop that for me represents my wife the best. So in my mind, I've got a little family of pops, which sit above my, you know, my um, a little light sign that I've got. Yeah. And to me, they're the most important ones because they remind me of my family. But technically, they are all very easy to, to, to find pops. So it, it's a difficult balance of, you know, yes, part of me is like, well, I'd get them because that's my pop, pop family. 
but yeah, the reality. I'd probably go for Chrome Batman. <laughs> <laughs> all, 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 said, all said and done, I would probably go for Pink Chrome Batman because he he technically is the um he would New be York the, the, the yeah yeah he yeah. would be the diff most difficult one to replace because as I say the others you know they probably have more sentimental value um but they are they would be very very easy to go out tomorrow and pick up again um a, picking up a pink chrome batman um probably would set me back another four to five hundred pounds so yeah I very much i'd probably get for him well that's good i was gonna i was gonna push you i was gonna say look that was a very diplomatic answer but <laughs> So you, you, yeah. you came out, you came out. That was good. Uh, well, let's talk about the collecting game because this is another thing I said I really wanted to talk to you about. I've been watching, I've been fascinated with, you know, m for months now you've been on this journey of uh, remodeling your home and especially your collector cave. You said this is the third iteration of your collection as well. So you're in the process of setting that up at the moment. It's still still incomplete. You've still got piles of, of pops that I can see in the background behind you that are waiting to to get shuffled into that room tell me about what that process has been like uh has it been fun has it been a little bit stressful what, what's it like yeah so so starting back to you know kind of when i first started collecting my my kind of cave as such was simply just a, a spare bedroom in my old house um which had a couple of shelves put up on the wall and then as the collection grew a couple of shelves became a couple more shelves a couple more shelves and then before i knew it i had pretty much one full wall dedicated with i don't know maybe 20 different shelves on it Mm -hmm. um, not long after that, we moved house um, and we were fortunate enough to move into a house um, that had uh, more space than my old house. Um, and because at that point, it was just myself and my wife. We had no um, we had no children. Um, we were able to have I was able to have a dedicated room, which I then set up uh, my cave in. So that was kind of cave version two. And that was really enjoyable because at that point, I didn't have as many collectibles. So it was nice to. Um, for the room to evolve um, as um, as my collection evolved as well. So mm -hmm. I initially started out with a certain amount of space and a certain amount of shelves, and then I'd pick up a couple more items. And I was like, right, okay, well, I can optimize this area. I'll put up a couple of shelves. And, and so the cave grew as my collection grew. Um, we then, um, uh, probably about two years ago now, decided to, um, to do some major renovations on the house which involved um, a significant amount of work at the back of the house. Um, and we decided at the time that that we would utilize some space at the side of the house that, that was um, that was not really being used um, and build a new dedicated um, room at the side of the house, um, thus freeing up my um, existing cave to become a home office because me and my wife work from home quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and that would then give me a dedicated space, um, which would be thankfully as well, um, twice as big as my existing space. So so that's kind of how Cave 3.0 came along. And it's taken we started the work in March um, and it's just probably within the last four weeks being completed. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm now at the um, it's a, a enjoyable slash stressful stage of now trying to dress the room, fill the room, because the challenge I now have is I now have effectively a blank canvas room, but I have a full collection of 16, 1700 items sitting in boxes yeah. that I now need to redesign a whole room. So it's not like the old cave whereby as the as a new item was purchased, I could look at where I wanted it to go and I could put up a new shelf. I'm now in the position whereby I've got all these items and I now need to effectively window dress a, a shop so to speak so 
it's it's challenging. There's there's a lot more shelves that I need. There's a lot more units that I've had to go out and buy, um, and there's a lot of design ideas that I'm having to think right well where can I fit that in how do I fit that in how do I future proof so that I'm not I'm optimizing my space now because what I don't want to do is start putting up 50 shelves now that in three months time I need to take them all down because I want to squeeze in another five shelves in a different area I'm having to think about where my collection may go yeah. Um, so again that that's why it comes back to what you said before is having a very clear vision on what you want to collect, what lines you want to collect, what waves. So even going through this process now, as I'm going through the certain items that I'm looking at and I'm thinking, well, they're not they're, they're not going to fit my collection anymore. So I'm already starting to create a, a small pile of, you know, they, they're not going to make the cut into the new cave because ultimately I want to optimize space in certain areas. And and to do that, I, you basically these items won't work anymore. So it it's enjoyable. It's It's very, very enjoyable. Um, do I need an extra couple of hours in every single day? Absolutely. I'm, I still work full time. I still have a four-year-old son. Um, and I still like to try and have a life where I can have it. But I'll say trying to get that balance right coming home from work after a long day and trying to um, kind of find that motivation and the energy to, you know, do put up more shelves and and, and kind of think through kind of where am I going to open, you know, where am I going to put these items? How am I going to, you yeah. know? So it, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. I think it's still going to take me probably another couple of weeks, I think at least to, um, before I can even start to get all these pops. I've got about a thousand pops right behind me right now, as you can see in shot, and they go back about eight or nine deep. Um, wow. <laughs> and, 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 and they all need to be unboxed at some point and put onto shelves, but I can't do that until I've got that room almost completely set up. And then it then becomes probably the, the most enjoyable part, which will literally just be filling the spaces. And for the people so listening, they, just so they know that the, what we're looking at behind you as well, I, I'm just count, doing a quick count. They're eight high at the moment. And it looks like, well, I'm going to say 12 or actually maybe more wide maybe maybe closer to 15 16 wide it's like huge huge and then yeah as you said multiple deep <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah it's it's quite the pile of, of pop vinyls it's more than you would even see in the average uh, retail store really on the shelves and i've had people say that to me as well um on through my social media they're saying you know where is your store and i'm like <laughs> I, i'm not a store i don't have a store and um, but again i think because my style of um my style of display it's it's about my own personal creativity it's not yeah. about you know i see so many collectors and they go with the you know the traditional shelf 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 all in a yeah. row and that's great and and again you know that that's not me knocking it because that if that's something that's your personal style and you enjoy that then that's brilliant you do exactly what you love mm -hmm. for me personally i unbox all of my pops i unbox all of my other collectibles and I try and create as much visual interest within my collection as I can. So I try and incorporate props, um, artwork. I'll have my shelves at different levels. I'll have some bigger shelves with tiered stands. I'll have some smaller shelves. Mm -hmm. um, and just so that when you look at the wall, there's a little bit of a kind of like, oh, my God, there's a lot going on here. My eyes are drawn everywhere and everywhere. It's, yeah. It doesn't just feel like it's just a, a, a wall of pop, so to speak. Because whilst that is quite impressive for me personally, yeah, I, I like that kind of almost the, the, the uniqueness of, of kind of just almost kind of um, it's almost like the chaos effect of just there's, there's so much going on and you're drawn a little bit everywhere. It's almost like every time you look at the wall, you see something different. Yeah, uh, actually, in one of your mo most recent reels, I saw that you had uh, the Kallax three by four 
um, that you had yes. in the middle of the room where, where you were putting a lot of your Mandalorian stuff on there. Um, you had the yep. child figure. I'm not sure. I can't remember who did does the child figure. Which company? Hot, hot Toys. That's a Hot, hot toys. toys one. That's right. Yep, the Hot Toys yep. one. Um, I was blanking for a second there. But you had the Hot Toys and you had some of the vinyl, vinyls and things on there. And you were saying that I think that was going to be more Mandalorian focused in that section of the room. And then I think it looks like you've got a lot of the floating shelves, that the ones that screw on to the wall. Is that is that right? Yeah, if, if you, what I say is if, if I could be sponsored by IKEA, then that would be fantastic. Because I'm trying that. I'm trying saying. to do that. That's why I've just brought up the Kallax because I'm just going to keep mentioning it. Last episode, anyone who listened to the last episode, I did a big spiel on, on the history of the Kallax coming from the Expedite, which is sitting behind me, the original yeah. version of, of, of that the cube system so yeah i'm with you let's let's both get the ikea yeah I, i'd probably say about 80 percent of, of everything that's in that room is ikea so i've got the large floating shells which i just think are great um and then i and then the smaller shells are the and um, the, they're actually the picture ledges um that i turn upside down um and the reason why i turn them upside down is that the, if you if you have them the, the way that they're supposed to be put in then there's a, about a one inch lip at the front yeah. which then obscures if you've got a four inch figure and you've got a one inch lip yeah. you're obscuring 25 percent of your figure so i turn them upside down and they're the perfect depth for if you're an inbox collector it's a perfect depth for a single boxed um item and if you're an outer box you can do two two um and stagger them to uh, and you can get about maybe eight or ten pops on a shelf which looks great so yeah i've got calaxes i've got cases um and it, again it just depends on what i want to achieve in in each specific area uh, on on my main pop wall i wanted that to be again very much about shelving and variety and chaos um, but on some of the other walls where i'm going to be putting in some of my horror figures um i just want them that to be kind of a flat shelving system so yeah, yeah it's it, it's evolving it's constantly evolving with your collection would you say you're you lean more towards the horror versions of things or is there a certain fandom that you're drawn towards that you in most cases that's something that you have to pick up uh, yeah, yeah, I think there is. I think you know. I think, and again, that that kind of um, culling that happened probably a, a couple about maybe three to four years ago. I think that was definitely the the kind of the um, the, the 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 peak whereby you know my Star Wars went, my Harry Potter went, my rocks went, my animation went, um, and and my key fandoms now are very much. I would say it's it's DC and um, predominantly um, Batman, yeah. um, Marvel. And then horror. Um, now, don't get me wrong. You know, I, I, I like. I'm a very much a child of the '80s. I was, I was, um, I was born in '78, and uh, you know, so I grew up with all, you know, the, um, you know, Thundercats and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and mm -hmm. you, know, all, you know, so anything that kind of the throwback fandoms, are, you know, are great. You know, all the A Team and Night Rider. You know, those those classic kind of TV shows of the you know kind of '80s and '90s. I went through the same thing. We're 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 basically about the same age. Just for anyone listening, if they want to give away it my age we were born the same year <laughs> yeah so so you know so yeah yeah you know don't get me wrong i think you know if funko made more horror then yeah i'd probably be all over them like like a rash but again equally you know i think one thing that i um again probably about four three and a half four years ago um i started to move from funko not move from funko but expand my collection from funko uh, and yeah. so now i have extensive NECA collector uh, the collection um, and NECA, again, they do a lot of awesome seven inch and, and eight inch figures 
Um, a lot of them are very horror focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and then McFarlane, McFarlane do some amazing DC figures. Yes. Um, so, so yeah, you know, my collection spans everything from Funko to NECA to McFarlane to Hot Toys to Iron Studio statues. It, it's not, for me, it's not about the brand that I'm buying. It's just about what I'm buying. If it's something that I like the look of, and it's within a, my certain budget, it will fit in my collection, it's what I want, then, then you know, I'll, I will look to bring it in. Yeah, and I, I'm doing the same thing. I've got a statue, which you can just see up behind me, is actually from XM Studios. It's the premium uh, item in my collection in terms of value. Uh, but, uh, you know, I have obviously quite a number of uh, Funko Pops. I also have statues, which harder for you to see behind me because they're not lit up at the moment some black and white statues uh i've got lego i've got a lot of lego <laughs> huge amount of lego in fact i'm actually in the process of trying to sell off some of my lego collection because i had such a huge backlog of of sets that i was like i'm probably not going to end up building a lot of these and i was collecting them just because i was like i'm going to try and get every dc like batman version of this and then i was expanding and getting the occasional other item like i've got the uh the mandalorian the razor crest not the the big ucs one they just released but the one before that i've got the original the nintendo entertainment system um i've got a lot of the nintendo actual sets as well so i expanded my lego sets eventually to the point where I was never going to go back and build them all. And even if I did, I don't have the space. We were talking about space before being a premium. I don't have the space to display them. So I've actually culled down a big chunk of my Lego collection, which is literally sitting in a pile behind the computer that you can't see off screen, ready to sell. And and I've currently been just selling that off bit by bit so I can finally get rid of that collection and then get it a bit more focused. But I have collection you know, uh, Lego sets that I have kept for the collection, uh, in particular, a lot of the Batman ones, like the big tumbler they just brought out uh, last year, yep. I've got the Batwing. And actually just this week, I finally picked up after not silly me, not getting it when it was in, in production, the 1989 Batmobile Lego set. Um, nice. I finally picked that up um, actually just a couple of days ago. So I'm very happy to have that in the collection. But yeah, with your collection now, the way that it is, you've got, a, like you said, a lot of the NECA statues and, and everything as well. I noticed the gauntlets. Um, you've actually got a lot of the gauntlets. You've got the uh, the large... Uh, the, the the Marvel, yeah, the Marvel Legends series. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got the... There's a there's like the Iron Man version of that, I think, is it as well? Yeah, or, it's it's the yeah, they, they, they do a lot of the... It's all the one-to-one scale uh, Marvel Legends series props. So yeah, we've... Yeah, there's the gauntlet. There's I've got I think I've got about seven different helmets: Iron Man, Black Panther, Star Lord, um, and then there, yeah, they 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 do a lot. They yeah, I think there's a couple that I've not got yet, which I'm I'm probably interested in. They you know they do a, a really good. I have Agamotto, Doctor Strange. It sits yes. on a sand. And, yes, I've seen that. You know, yeah, uh, yeah the, I think there's a One Division. They, they do the Scarlet Witch Crown. So there's there's a lot that they do. If you if you wanted to kind of build up your collection and then incorporate props, um, and it's even to this day, it's, I think it's one of my most um, 
liked um, social media post is when I, I took all my statues out of my cabinet and I put all of my Marvel's Legends props into my cabinet. Mm. And because normally, normally they're just within shelves within the collection. But mm. when I pull them all together to have a single shot, it looked fantastic having them together. There was a shield there, there's Stormbreaker, there's the Hammer, Milner, you know, and it looked fantastic having them all together. But again, if space is that premium. I just don't have the capacity to keep them all displayed together. Mm, yeah yeah another thing that i actually wanted to discuss during here as well as well as you collecting pop vinyls you have been spending a lot of time in your past giving back to the community and and actually i guess making new collectors potentially do you want to tell me a little bit about that yeah um I, you know i i've reached a very fortunate position in my life whereby you know i, I you know i was very uh, i was in my house you know i had my son you know uh, i was you know comfortable in my job and and i've just reached a point whereby i just i just felt i wanted to do something else so you know having a a, a son myself there was this kind of you know kind of um just inside kind of swelled feeling of you know, well, you know, my son is fortunate because of, you know, kind of the, of how we bring him up, but not everyone is as fortunate. So, you know, what I wanted to do is try and do something that might help and benefit children maybe who are in hospital or are sick, who maybe are, you know, who might just need a little bit of a pick me up at, at a difficult time. And so that's kind of where Pop Nightingale was born um, in that I, decided that I, you know, I wanted to, and, and to be honest with you, it's something that I, I tried to do probably about a year before, and I didn't get a lot of traction from it. Um, I did a local donation uh, where I put on my social media, you know, about um, sending donations, either the individuals themselves or um, or to myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I ended up doing a, a donation, but it, nothing really kind of came of it. And it only kind of, um, kind of spiraled into something probably about the August of the following year, where I approached a colleague um, who helped me to set it up. And we started doing some fundraising within um, the Funko groups that I kind of frequent. We, we established Pop Nightingale as the name again, a play on the pop vinyls and then pop and then Florence Nightingale for the from the hospital kind of you know the the help side of things. And then, yeah, we started to generate some funds. And from that, we then everything seemed to kind of spiral in a very positive way. We we started to engage with certain retailers. Um, we we engage um, with a, a company called Pop Figures. Um, if you've not uh, if you're not aware of them, I would definitely say check them out. Um, because they are a fantastic company um, and the owner of the company helped Pop Nightingale immensely um, just in his sheer generosity um, of, of wanting to support with with no ulterior motives. There was no kind of request for publicity. There was nothing like that. It I'll was make just sure to put a, a link in the description yeah. so that people can check them out as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and 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 they and they did that, and he did that specifically just because he is a genuinely nice guy and he wanted to do something nice. So we were able to you know we did some fundraisers we generated funds and then from that we were able to buy pop figures from pop figures 
uh, crazy, crazy reduced rates that you would never get unless you had that kind of relationship. Mm. Um, and 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 so in the first year, I think we donated. Um, I want to say we donated probably just under two thousand pops wow. to about eight or eight or nine different um, hospitals. Wow. So we contact. We reached out to hospitals and we contacted hospitals. Um, and and again, overall, it, generally, it was very very positive. Um, children's wards were very happy to receive the items. Um, the following year, unfortunately, COVID hit, and then it became very difficult. So yeah. some of the challenges, some of the logistical challenges, then were there. The some hospitals didn't want to receive items. Others we could only donate to um, yeah. um, recep reception, and then they would take them in. Which is it's you know it is what it is. It's not a big problem. But then over the next year, you know, again it it, it grew really well. We did more fundraisers. Word of mouth got out. Um, and at our peak, we actually even engaged directly with Funko. I reached out to Brian Mariotti and Funko, um, who I've actually um, spoken to um, oh, yes. via email a, a couple of times before. Um, yeah, many, many, many years ago, I, um, I, I, I sent Brian an email um, and he very kindly responded back. He commented on my collection um, and it was lovely. It was just a lovely personal gesture that he didn't need to do. And it was very nice. Yeah. Um, so I thought because Pop Nightingale was in at that point in full flow, I thought, well, why not? Why not? So I clicked reply to that email and I sent him an email with some links. Um, and then within, I think it was about uh, half an hour of sending the email, I'd had an email from the um, head of comms um, in Funko Europe um, talking about the fact that he'd been forwarded on an email and he wanted to have a discussion. Um, and then before I knew it, I was on a, a Teams call with um, Funko Europe and they were the, um, providing um a donation to us which which was again it was unbelievable just to because again i'm sure the funko probably get you know a lot of people reaching out to them asking for things so you know i felt very kind of um flattered and and, and very kind of humbled that they would take the time to look at what we've done and to uh, accept that what we're doing is a is a good thing and they wanted to be involved in it um, so yeah, so uh, fun so Pop Nightingale ran for about eighteen months. We did um, it did reach its kind of natural conclusion in Jan Feb of this year, and that's just primarily because logistically it became such a um, such a large um, uh, kind of beast to tame. Mm. Um, we tapped it in, tapped into so many local hospitals. Um, the in order for us to donate to other hospitals that outside of our, our kind of geographical scope was so much of a challenge. Um, sourcing pops and sourcing the funding was becoming increasingly difficult. Um, mm. And then also because of so many other factors, it, it, it was just getting very difficult. So I think the way that I look at it is that, you know, I'm very much the, um, in the view that it's it's something that I am hugely, hugely proud of in the, it's it something that I create. Yeah, I created it from scratch. I, I, was supported by some fantastic people, um, name dropping particularly um, Natalie, who who is kind of my left arm within the organisation. We brought on a couple of other people towards the end, um, but Natalie was with me pretty much from the beginning, um, and I couldn't have done it without her. So from the beginning, we, you know, we we had a clear vision, we knew what we wanted to do, and with a massive amount of hard work and a massive amount of support from in individuals from companies um we we were able to donate just under eight thousand items to over 40 <laughs> uh, uh, hospitals wow. children's hospices um special schools um that, wow. that provide specialist care and support um so you know it's something that i will it will it's something that will last with me for a long time that i was able to be involved in that and hopefully touch 
um, the lives of children in a positive way, even if it is just for that 18 month spell. So, yeah, it's it's something that I am hugely um, proud of. Well, I mean, I'm a big believer in putting positivity out into the world and, you know, that, that a lot of it will come back to you. So I think that's wonderful. You've done that and that you've 8,000 items is, is just it's huge, it's phenomenal. Like we talk about your collection being around fifteen hundred plus pieces, you know, your Funko Pops being over a thousand people. Like that's so much. Just I'm just trying to wrap my head around what eight <laughs> eight thousand pop vinyls would look like if you were and the amount of smiles that they would have potentially brought to, to different children and and families exactly. the whole families as well, who might have seen this act of kindness and just been uh, it, 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 it honestly it touches me that, that just thinking about restoring faith in humanity to some people as well and yeah and it, and it's you know it's it, it's a hard it's hard sometimes because uh, you know we've had we've had uh, you know even now in my office as we set up as uh, you know as as we go through the renovations and i set up my new um my new office i've i've got various um letters that i plan to frame of the are the um, it's mem it's memories of me of the work that we did you know, and it, some of these things I've been unable to share on social media because of from a privacy point of view where we've had photos of children mm -hmm, sent to mm -hmm. us by the parents who they've said, you know, we wanted to say thank you to you. We don't want it to be on social media, um, but we wanted to say thank you. So it's a hard one for us because obviously from my point of view, I collect these items, I collect these funds um, and we we do it, you know, with uh, there's there's no fees there's no admin fees there's there's no there's no profit there's nothing in it for us other than the fact that we simply want to be a conduit of getting an item into the hands of a child who's maybe um in hospital at christmas um you know who may or may not receive a present at christmas and we just simply wanted to try and raise a few smiles of of, of those people in in that kind of situation um so to get some of those the, the, those letters and that recognition and some of the ones we have been able to share and we shared on our website when the website was up um so that we you know we're as transparent as we can about the work that's being done we've had hospitals writing us letters um but it's yeah it's it's massively touching and you know i, I won't lie there's times when i've opened a letter and you know it, it's literally brought me to tears just seeing a child lying in a bed we're holding a Funko Pop with a massive smile on the face. And even now, mm. as I'm saying that, I can feel that that feeling in my, my chest. The, yeah. You know, that's something that I will forever be proud of, the fact that I've been able to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm almost getting a little choked up just thinking about that. Um, I, yeah, it's, there's a lot of people out there who, you know, um, families are going through things and they lose loved ones or they have loved ones that are sick and, the families have to make a lot of sacrifices for those people. Uh, I've seen it personally. I know a lot of people who've been affected by that and just having someone like yourself go out and, and do good in the community and do that. And I hope that this story can serve as inspiration to other people who may want to do the Absolutely. same thing, um, you know, because that's, that's what we, we need in the world, right? More kindness and, and, uh, and more Funko Pops. Let's, 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 let's go back, <laughs> let's go back to some posi positivity. Uh, is there any Funko Pops you're looking for at the moment in new releases that you're looking forward to get? Uh, I have to pivot because I'm probably going to start crying if we keep talking about this. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I think I think it, it, you know what do I want? What's on my want list? You know, there's there's a lot of pops that I would want. The the, the ones that probably um, would probably raise an eyebrow because I think it's it's very much a 
um it's like chromes i think you know we we there's that thing within the community that you know chromes are the marmite of the the collecting community chromes and the wood effects and the art series you know they're very much the kind of the marmite i think you either love them or you hate them um <laughs> And, and, and for me, the, the one thing that I think, you know, at, at some point I do want to try and um, get more of, I have one right now, is um, I'm a big Freddy Funko collector. I do love my Freddy Funkos. Again, Freddy's a little bit of a, uh, he can be a bit of a Marmite where people say, well, you know, he's just the mascot. Why do you? But me personally, I love him. Uh, you know, the, that was my mission to get a Freddy when I first started collecting. I got one. Yeah. I'm now up to maybe about 50 or so. And I've got a Freddy art series now. I've got the art series collection of Batman. I love that collection. Um, I don't have all the on art. top of my Billy bookcase to the, to my left right here, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't have all the art series. It's not a case that I go out and collect all the art series. But again, certain lines I really like. And if I like the look of them, then I'll get them. Um, and I've got the, um, it was, I think they were in the box of fun last year. Not not the one that's just gone. It was last year's box of fun, the art series Freddy's. Mm -hmm, yeah. um, I think there's about, there's about seven of them. Um, and I've got one um, and I really, really like them. Um, and I, I think I had an opportunity to pull the trigger on a batch of them um, that I didn't at the time. And then now I'm looking at them, the price is creeping up a little bit more. So I need to see, we, we, you know, there's, 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 there's always financial decisions that need to be made of, you know, do I, do we, do we trade something off or, you know, we just got to wait for the opportunity for, for things to come available. Well, if you are going to be culling down your collection, I'm sure you could uh, probably make a few dollars back to, to purchase those new items. Uh, hopefully, hopefully that's the plan. Yeah. Yeah. I, actually, I I know the um, the box of fun you're talking about. One of the old items from a previous box of fun that I'd like to eventually add to my own collection, actually, is a person that you were talking about before. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was a, a double pack they did of Brian and Mike, um, the two of them. Yeah, I think it may have been when they did the, and I think it actually might have been that that series because they had the. They were in the uh, uniforms, almost like announcer uniforms, uh, because of the Olympics series. I think I think it was to do with the Olympics, and um, and I thought that was a really cool set seeing the two of them together. Although I wouldn't mind getting the the Funko soda that they had of Brian. I think it was one with Brian. He's holding uh, Huckleberry as well. Yeah, well, yeah, well, he. I think he's a massive, he's a massive Hannah uh, Barbera fan, isn't he? So you, you yeah. see that a lot on his his social media. But no, I know which pad double pack you mean. Um, I think I've got that. I managed to pick that double pack up. I think I had to even picked it up from Pop Figures. Um, oh, so so that yeah. So um, and and then they they did the um the making of um. I think it was the making of fun, which had the the gold DVD in the the box as well. Ah, uh, yeah, which yeah. is yeah. So so yeah. So I've I've got a couple of those. Um, I'm actually, funny enough, I'm actually currently waiting on a delivery from Funko Europe because um, I was fortunate enough in September to be um, recognized by them as fan of the month for September. Oh. So they, yeah, they featured me on social media. So um, and they told me that within the next 30 days, which I'm I'm pretty much about 30 days now. So hopefully it's any day now. Um, I'm waiting on a, a parcel from them that should have um, what would become one of my grail items, uh, a social media Freddy. Ah, so, um, I was going to ask you about that because uh, I, I was going to say they, they did social media Freddy's where you're fortunate enough to get one. But, yeah, perfect. Yeah, so think, yeah, I've I've always wanted one, and I, you know, I've again, I always try and tag them in, and you know, try and and and, and you know, see if I, I can I can get one somehow. But yeah, I've I was managed to be uh, picked in September fan of the month, so very lucky, very fortunate. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, if Bunko ever decides they want to send some stuff to Australia, I'm always always. <laughs> 
you know, I'd always be happy to, to, to get a care package. <laughs> yeah. Look, I think that this has been a great conversation and I love your collection. I think more people should go and follow your page, follow your collection, follow the journey of the collector's cave getting put together um, and see it, it evolve into whatever it's going to be. And I'm sure this is version three. I, I look forward to seeing what, what it turns out to be and what version four might be in the future as well. Yeah, no, well, it, it, you know, it's been an absolute pleasure to, to be here and to talk to you and, you know, and thank you very much. And, and hopefully, you know, your listeners have enjoyed it and, and yeah, by all means, you know, check it out. It's a journey that I'm on. It's a journey that's going to take now, you know, it's, it's still, it's going to take a number of weeks, months just to get myself to a point of being set up. And then after that, the, 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 the real fun of filling it up even more, but you know, I've got some packages that have been stored up for the last six months. I've got some fantastic Mandalorian stuff to, 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 to unbox. So, you know, if you're a fan of Batman or Marvel or, or Mandalorian star Wars, you know, hopefully there's a little bit of something for everyone one in there so yeah you know come along and check it out and with that do you want to tell people where they can find you on social media yeah my, my main presence is is instagram so i'm uk pop collector on instagram um i do have a presence on facebook and, and twitter but again i think my you know my core audience is very much uh, on instagram so yeah uk pop collector come and check it out and i'll be sure to um share the link uh to that and to pop figures that you mentioned before as well i'll make sure that i get the links to that as well uh, mate paul thank you very much for being on the show it's been a pleasure having you here and yeah keep the collection going keep the good vibes going and uh i look forward to seeing more of your collection in the future well thank you for having me thank you take care if you like the episode please consider following or subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts you can also join me on instagram at collective heroes where you can see photos of the collections of the people that i'm talking to as well as some of my own